Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning. Good morning to all of you out there, my listening audience. I am Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. I'm broadcasting on the fabulous, fabulous TalkZone.com internet radio station. Now, I am coming to you from beautiful Arizona where it is, it has been the triple digits for over a week now. Whew. I mean, not complaining, just saying. Like it's predicted that today high is 113 degrees and yikes. But, you know, when we first moved here, um, they said uh, the people who's lived here like all their lives is, well, typically we have five more degrees to that and all that. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. And then it's even hotter in the sun. It could be five to ten more degrees hotter than that in the sun. And then they're predicting that tomorrow it's going to be 115 degrees. Now, you should know that, you know, my husband and I have been here for well over a decade now, so you would think that we would be used to the heat, you know, as, you know, we are intelligent people, and we know that basically Arizona is a desert, just a big old desert, but, you know, and we are used to the heat, but here comes the butt again. Where we reside now, it has been very windy. It's very windy up here. You know, we're not that far from a lake. And accompanied by that heat and that wind brushing against you, you know, all I can say is that it could be something else blowing against your skin with that heat. And that is uh, how I'm going to describe it. And that's all for that. Now, our topic today, guys, is mediating malpractice lawsuits. Are they more timely and cost effective than court hearings? As I have talked about, you know, this on my show many times is that people are looking for another alternative for resolving their disputes, their issues, their disagreements, and they're looking to resolve them expeditiously, cost effectively, and having learned something about their case other than it was settled, for example, and not really knowing the real facts of how exactly that came about. Now, we are going to delve into this topic shortly. Here comes the butt again, guys. But I would like to discuss a few items before we do. Well, on my last show, for example, which was June 10th, I wished all of the fathers and grandfathers out there in my listening audience a happy Father's Day. And I sincerely hope that your day was special and you got presents and you had fun and did whatever it is that you wanted to do. And I know that all of you out there are doing great on this beautiful day, whether it's raining or sun is shining or it's very hot. And I know that you are doing great as well. As I said, I'm doing great, busy, 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 busy lives we have. But you know what, guys? I talk about being busy a lot. But you know what? I actually love being busy. Otherwise, I would be so bored. OMG. I know that it is important to take a break because it's needed. However, you know, we only have like 24 hours, you know, in a day. And 
you know, and I just say, let's get, let's get the things done, do as much as possible and multitask as much as possible and be happy about, about what you're doing or at least satisfied about it and no complaining. Okay. No complaining. Okay. For all of you out there, know that I like to start my program with some items of interest, you know, that are newsworthy items. Sometimes they are funny and sometimes they're not. For example, they have yet to catch the escapees from the prison. Oh, God, come on. How were they able to elude the powers to be like this? Like one report recently said, you know, I heard this, that that they found a cabin which was just 20 miles away. And the officials collected DNA, and yep, it was a match for the escapees. And the report also says that they have a gun from the cachet of weapons, um, you know, where, where they were at, at the jail doing, you know, and doing whatever, you know, their hideout thing and went on to who knows with the gun and everything else. I mean, really? Now, you know that they were going to have a gun or something with them. That Okay. Then the report states that a bloody sock and other items were found in a cabin reportedly owned by the correction officers were tested for DNA and guests said police had 100% assurance they were in that area. Now, they used two, uh, they used tools hidden in frozen hamburger meat brought into the prison by Joyce Mitchell, 51, a training supervisor in the prison tailor shop, who is charged with aiding their escape, said Clinton County District Attorney Andrew Wiley. Now, the report further states, guys, that she supplied hacksaw blades and screwdriver bits to the men. Uh, you know, really? Okay. They looked at a lot of movies and the Three Stooges as well, okay, whose previous good behavior landed them on the prison's honor block, allowing them to cook their own meals, Wiley said. Now, a corrections officer who brought the meat to the men did not know the tools were inside, has been placed on paid leave, okay? Now, I'm admitting, guys, now I'm just saying, that I did not know that prisoners who are seemingly acting like model citizens can cook their own food. What the heck? So us taxpayers are paying to have like, you know, some semi, you know, some quasi semi kitchens put in uh, prisoner cells or, or, or their good honest areas. And these people created heinous crimes and, and things, and, and we, the, the citizens, are paying for that? I, okay, just take a brief, deep breath. That's all I'm saying, okay? Now, let's move on. All right. Let's talk about the Charleston, North Carolina tragedy that happened since I talked last to you, my listening audience. CBS News reported that a white man who joined a prayer meeting inside a historic black church and then fatally shot nine people, six people, um, it had to be six women and three men, was escaped, was captured without resistance Thursday after an all-night manhunt, Charleston police said. 
This person's name was Dylan Roof, 21 years old, spent nearly an hour inside the church window, killing six men and three women, including the pastor, Chief Greg Mullen. Now, according to a law enforcement source, an eyewitness told authorities that Roof stood up in the Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church and said he was there to shoot black people and then made some derogatory remarks, said the CBS News investigator, producer Pat Milton. Now, in Shelby, North Carolina, nearly four hours away, police chief Jeff Ledford said his department received a tip about a possible sighting of Ruth's vehicle Thursday morning. Two officials spotted the vehicle, stopped it, and identified the driver as Ruth. All right. Now, during a court appearance Thursday afternoon in North Carolina, Ruth waived extradition. He also waived his right to counsel, meaning he will either represent himself or hire his own lawyer. Now, also, listeners, another report from CBS News states that Gene Palmer, um, uh, you know, it, it, you know, this is back to another story, but never mind what, what Gene Palmer said. What I want to say is this, is that this story says that many outlets like Walmart and Amazon are pulling the Confederate flag from the shelves. You know, I applaud this simply because of what it represents. Now, this is what I want to say about this, and then we're going to move on. This young man audience has been here on this earth for only 21 short years, which in my view is short time. However, in his short time here on earth, he was taught how not to like people of a certain class, let's say, and told the and told and we're told that black people are taking over the world and other unrelated untruths. Look, I'm going to say this and be done with it. Like I said earlier, there are no laws, federal or state, that says you have to like or love someone. However, audience, there are federal and state laws that says it is unlawful to murder someone. For example, also what we do have that resonates within us is common sense should we choose to use it. However, as my godmother used to say, if common sense was common, dot, dot, dot. And as we as human beings were also given the ability to think about the choices you make in your life as they are consequences for these choices whether they are good or bad. My prayer goes out to these victims and their families of this terrible tragedy. And my wishes are that they bound back from their sadness, remembering their loved ones, but being able to live out their lives as fully and positive as possible. And I'm done with that. Now, let's go on to our topic, which is mediating malpractice lawsuits are they more timely and cost effective than court hearings? You know, I want to say this, guys. During my career working in the corporate arena, I have worked for a couple of large insurance companies, and I found my positions to be very interesting. I'm a very, 
I have a, a great work ethic and I'm, and I'm, you know, I, I care about what it is that I do. However, my caveat regarding the insurance is that I was always looking to make sure things were done correctly. So that both the insured and the insurance company met their needs, whatever they were, and that was important to me. I was not in the business of, let's say, helping and abating someone to not assist people in the manners in how they needed to be assisted, and that was the caveat because sometimes I used to get in trouble for doing the latter, and so therefore I was not going to do that, so... Now, for example, we are talking about malpractice insurance cases being mediated. So, you know, there are some insurance companies out there, guys, that do not share the same thought pattern that I just mentioned. Then on the flip side, there are some insurance companies that do share my thought pattern for wanting to resolve the issues that have uh, brought to them and move on. However... When they do, when they do not, it can prolong the need to resolve the case and it, of course, runs into more monies being spent from the insurance company and for that individual that is suing the insurance company for malpractice regarding lack of care, attention, for example, from the medical practitioner, you know, it, it can run into a lot of money. So, you know, basically right out the gate, the insurance company is going to deny any individual claim basically because, guys, that's just what they do. Now, what I just stated is somewhat on the same vein of topics that I discussed in an earlier show with my brother, Reginald Cedric Campbell, the fabulous, um, the fabulous person who is a, is, is, is working in the area to help individuals in the mental uh, health capacity about how people put in claims for disability and or social security and they are denied. Boom, right out the gate. Now, some of this denial right out the gate can be due to the person who has applied for social security and or disability not fully understanding how to fill out the forms and perhaps did not have the necessary documentation to accompany their request when they sent it to the Social Security or disability organizations. Sometimes it is, you know, it, sometimes it is several times for sending forms or some people who can afford it may have to hire an attorney because what I'm saying is, is, you know, about several times the Cindy forms, they may have to do it over and over and over again. And as I have stated before, I've known people where they have told me that it took them like 10 years to get their disability. That is totally ridiculous, okay? And if they have to um, hire outside help, you know, in relation to their malpractice insurance case, which is what we are talking about, right now that it can you know resort to spending you know these additional for um, funds which in some cases can cause a hardship on individuals now you know in my research look i just love learning and i came across a number of interesting interesting articles relating to our discussion today guys now this first one will help all of those out there who are perhaps thinking about filing a malpractice lawsuit against their doctor. Now, this article is from, is from lawyers.com, and its title is 
do I have a medical malpractice case? Now, keep that in mind. Go grab your coffee. Go grab your tea. You know, warm it up again. We're going to take a break and come back with me. Thank you. Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard, give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keyes at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Hi there, guys. Thank you for returning back with me. Uh, right before our break, I was talking about an article from Lawyers.com, and its title is, Do I Have a Medical Malpractice Case? As we are discussing today, Mediating malpractice lawsuits, are they more timely and more cost-effective than court hearings? Now, this case says that, like many other people, you may think, um, I'm sorry, this article says, like many other people, you may think you have a medical malpractice lawsuit if your doctor makes a mistake while treating you. This may or this may be true and it may not be true. The truth is there's a lot to a medical malpractice case than a patient getting hurt. Now, the key factors involved showing or proving are the following. A doctor or another medical professional made a mistake and you were harmed by that mistake. Usually any malpractice case is a long and complicated legal matter because it's not always fast or easy to prove those two things. Now, just what exactly what is you know, this medical malpractice. Now, medical malpractice is when a doctor or another medical professional, like a nurse or technician, does something or or doesn't do something that causes an injury or some harm to you. The medical professional's act or failure to act called an omission is called medical negligence. As you can see from this definition, a medical malpractice case involves a mistake or error made by a medical professional that damages or harms were done to a patient. Now, if you can prove your doctor didn't follow or breached the standard of care for your particular medical problem, you made a big first step in making a good medical malpractice case. Okay? 
So now I just want to, you know, reiterate what this article said that, you know, making a, a case against your malpractice, you know, for malpractice can be a daunting yet trying thing to do, but it can be done. Look, we all know that the fight is not going to be easy, particularly with malpractice as it takes, as it can take years, guys, for resolution. And that is the similarity that I was making with individuals who are requesting their governmental benefits, the, the, the similarities to the government and the insurance companies. So you who are listening saying, how can mediation assist in medical malpractice matters? Okay, here we go. According to Jeffrey Tim Bernard, who is an attorney and he mediates medical malpractice cases, he states, medical malpractice is a unique mediation subspecialty. The litigants are often emotional, hostile, and polarized in their respective positions. To resolve the case, the mediator, based on the skill and experience gathered in handling these cases with the same type of clients, has to find an avenue to move the parties toward a settlement. It takes time, a forceful yet gentle hand, always supplied with respect and sensitivity to persuade both sides to resolve the controversy. I say that was very well put. Okay, now I'm going to repeat that last sentence. It takes a gentle hand and always applied with respect and sensitivity to persuade both sides to resolve the controversy. All of us professional mediators out there. This to me is very important and I'm going to tell you why. Hotheads resolve nothing, absolutely nothing in mediating a case. All it does is derail and or add additional longevity, longevity for resolution regarding the situation at hand that needs to be settled. What I clearly understand this person to say is that you have to infuse the necessary decorum at all time in your mediation sessions in order to resolve these matters. After all, in the mediation process, one of the positions that I do take is to make certain that there are no hotheads in my sessions because no resolution is going to come about that way. You should know also that if you run across hotheads in the malpractice, as I have always said, I truly believe in caucus. A lot of you out there, you know, my peers don't believe in caucus. Everybody have their own style. I get that, and I also respect that. But I'm just saying for me, I believe in caucusing because when I see crazy coming, I cross the street, meaning that I'm going to take, <laughs> to, I'm going to stop that derailment. I'm going to call for caucus, and I'm going to have um, a sidebar with, um, you know, the individual parties privately. Now, you should know that professional mediation is becoming very popular for resolving issues relating to medical malpractice. In an article, a study titled, titled Mediation Can Reduce Malpractice Costs and the Speed Resolution, it says that here's more proof that mediation can make malpractice cases get resolved faster. 
and cost health care providers less to defend against mediation has benefits. Okay, for both parties in the case, guys, plaintiffs can generally achieve a settlement faster and it allows both sides to reduce legal expenses. There's a non-bottom line benefit as well. It says cases resolved through mediation tend to offer more closure and minimize bad feelings on all sides. But the study did find that how the mediation is approached can make a big difference in its success. For starters, doctors rarely participate in the process, but when they do, the outcome is generally more favorable for all involved. Keep that in mind. The study looked at 31 cases between 2006 and 2007, and they were brought against non-for-profit hospitals in New York. 70% of the cases were settled during or immediately after mediations, and the settlements range, ranged from 35000 to $1.7 million. Now, this study was published in Journal of Health Politics and Policy Law. All right? Now, this article echoed again, guys, about what I stated earlier today about maintaining decorum in your mediation process and basically having a good attitude while you are mediating these medical malpractice cases and any mediation case for that matter and make it certain that hotheads do not intervene with the process is very beneficial for all the disputants. Being argumentative and hot-headed is not the key, listeners, for resolving your medical malpractice disputes, okay? I mean, it's, it's just, it's just going to prolong the issues. People, like the article said before, they're already, you know, I'm paraphrasing, they're, they're upset, they're anxious, you know, they're nervous, they're not understanding, you know, how, how this is going to come out. Uh, am I going to be, um, you know, is it going to be favorable for me? Um, all of these things come into account when you are in a mediation process, but we are talking about the medical malpractice process. And so it, it is, it's, 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 it can be very nerve wracking. But what, what I loved, there's a lot of things that I like that I just read from this one article. And particularly when it says that for starters, Dr. Rarely participate in the process, but when they do, the outcome is generally more favorable for all involved. Now, just what, why do, why, gen, ladies and guys, gentlemen out there, why do you think that happens? This is what I think, okay? I'd like to know what you think. Give me a call, one eight eight eight. go for it. I say that if the doctors are present then they themselves get to see the unfold, the unfolding of all of the aspects that were relating to them being, um, you know, their, for, for them being there and hearing their, you know, what's being alleged against them. All right. They're also there hearing and this is on both sides, but we're talking about the doctors right now, and and hearing what's, what is going on with the patient that they treated and 
they are thinking in the backs of their mind how they could have handled this situation better and how in the future they would settle similar situations and or every situation better by maybe perhaps employing better bedside manner or whatever the case is um, that they're being accused about how they can better themselves at. And I like the fact of this article also giving the outcome of the 31 cases and that is very good that 70% of the cases were settled during or immediately after mediation. Now you you say, okay, cases, you know, they, they were settled after, after uh, mediation. See, this is what I'm saying about the mediation process is that when you are in the mediation, well, when you are in the mediation process, when you're in my mediation process, I'm making very cognizant stances to make sure that the disputants that are involved in the mediation process is learning something. And I, and in, and it is my hope that if we do not settle at that particular time, that once they leave the mediation process and they are at that time given the chance to think about what happened during the course of that mediation process. And this is why a lot of times people will pick up the phone the next morning and say, you know what, let, let, let's settle. Let, we'll settle for that or, or you know, let's do this and, or that and settle. They've had a chance to think about it overnight. They had a chance to talk about it with their with their loved ones or 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 whoever. They had a chance to think about it. And that's uh, another one of the great benefits that are contained within the mediation process. Okay. Now, here's another here's something else. You should know, as I said, that professional mediation is becoming very popular for resolving these malpractice um, issues out there, all of my peers. Now, I was reading another article. Mediate.com has a lot of fabulous articles. And, and by the way, if you have not resorted to, I'm sure that a lot of you out, out there have, I, I invite you to go to Mediate.com. It's very educational and very informal, informative, okay? Now, this is a... Article titled, it was a study, Mediation Can Reduce Malpractice Costs and Speed Resolution. Okay? And we talked about that, but now, um, you know, the, this, this, this guy who says mediation practice is beneficial even if physicians don't attend, which is something that is piggybacking on what I said about the uh, doctors who do attend. Now, let's hear what he says about even if the physicians don't attend, okay? This was written by Steve Mehta, and I and I know that in an earlier um in an earlier discussion on my program I I I talked about another article that this gentleman wrote. Now, he says that having litigated many medical malpractice cases and as a mediator of those same cases, he says, I have come across many arguments regarding the um, efficacy of mediation in the medical uh, malpractice context. Many argue that unless all discovery 
has been completed, mediation is effective. Yet others offer offer blame for failed mediations from a partisan perspective, regardless of the view of mediation in malpractice cases. It is clear that mediation has become a preferred tool for resolving these issues of disputes. Recently, a study of mediation in medical malpractice cases found that mediation is beneficial according to the participants, but but that a key missing ingredient, however, is the doctors themselves. Now, we need to take a short break here, uh, guys, okay? And when we return, we're going to continue with what Steve Mehta is saying about malpractice mediation benefits, even if the physicians don't attend. Stay tuned. Do you have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keyes. Give me a call at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at MediationTalkShow.expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call, 480-283-7270. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning with me. Um, before break, we were discussing an article written uh, for Mediate.com by a gentleman named Steve Meta. The title of the article is Malpractice Mediation Beneficial, Even If Physicians Don't Attend. Now, I was reading you some excerpts from his article, and I want to continue on with that. He says that the study that was co-authored by Carol Liebman, who is a professional, who I'm sorry, who is a professor of law at Columbia Law School and director of the school's mediation clinic, was published in the Journal of Health Politics, Policy and Law. Now, the study evaluated 31 cases from nonprofit hospitals in New York City. Now, the study revealed that 51% of the cases were settled at mediation and another 16% were settled shortly after, leaving 32% unsettled. Now, the study also found that defense attorneys were less likely to agree to mediation than plaintiff attorneys. I find that very interesting. However, when attorneys participated, they were satisfied with the process. Moreover, the parties, you know, plaintiffs, insurance and hospitals representative that that were involved were also satisfied with the process. Now, the author also found that in no cases did physicians participate uh, the author also found that in no cases did physicians participate in the mediation, according to Professor Liebman, that misses some opportunities to repair the relationship between human beings. When you don't have the involvement of the person who is involved in these decisions day in and day out, you don't get valuable information, Liebman says, 
A lawyer's job is to defend a case, not to reshape the policy. Mediation, she says, offers the opportunity to improve patient safety in a way litigation cannot. Okay? I found that professional mediators, that that's great news, I say. What do you think? It is certainly a correlation with reports from experts such as Woody Moyston, who stated in his article that professional mediation is definitely the future. I want to put my spin on that and say professional mediation is now, okay, that it is now. I love the, once again, the study revealing that 51% of the cases were settled at mediation, and it says that another 16% were settled shortly after leaving 32% unsettled. Now, I want to emphasize again on the 16% that was settled shortly after leaving. Once again, it says what I said earlier, that often, because this has happened to me, and I'm sure it have to all my peers out there as well, that once you have a mediation and then you're talking to the individuals and there, you know, there's no, there's no settlement there, so you could call the mediation, however you want to refer to it. I call it call the mediation because there's not going to be a resolution. All right. And then you receive a phone call saying that, as I said before, well, okay, we, we have thought about this overnight. We have time, had time to think about what you said and things like this and what the other party said. And we thought about what our needs and wants are and, and we're going to settle. See that that's, that's the beauty, the beauty I say of mediation. And also what um, the further on in the article about repairing the relationships between the human beings. Because once again, in correlation to what I said earlier about being hot-headed, being hot-headed does absolutely nothing for us human beings. If you don't believe me, uh, let's just quickly take a barometer of the world. Okay, that right there says it all. Okay, so when we sit down and we have, uh, you know, the great a great mediation uh, process, we have an individual who is guiding this process with the aspects in front uh, of them of, of 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 making certain that this process goes in a manner of how it should go, that they do not allow hotheads uh, to prevail um, in, you know, to go on in the case. And um, so that resolution can be made because it's, it's very important. And I've said this before, um, listeners, it's very important that you resolve your issues, because when we have unresolved issues, it is going to affect us in some way of our life in a negative manner. So, you know, I'm, I'm just saying I've said that before, but I'm going to say it again. OK, now. Let's move on. I have another study that I would like to talk about. It's from the New York City Project for Mediating Malpractice Cases. And U.S. says, and this is in an abstract, guys, okay? The New York City Health and Hospitals Corporation participated in a feasibility study to measure the participant's satisfaction with mediation of medical malpractice lawsuits. Now, 29 cases were referred to the study, 24 agreed to mediation, guys, and 19 were mediated. 
All right. So that means that five of them fell off or did decided to do something else or whatever. All right. Satisfaction data indicate that the plaintiffs and their attorneys and the defendants attorneys were satisfied with the process, whether or not settlement was reached. Did you hear that? Their attorneys and the defendant's attorneys, the plaintiffs and their attorneys and the defendant's attorneys were satisfied with the process, whether or not settlement was reached. The mean length of a mediation was 2.34 hours. Of the cases mediated, 13 settled with a median payment of $111,000. The defendant's and the plaintiff's attorneys estimated spending approximately one-tenth the amount of time preparing their case for mediation that they would have spent preparing for trial. I, I think that speaks volumes, don't you? I, you know, I, 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 the, the, and by the way, um, this this is uh, this is as I said this is an abstract, and um, but nevertheless this abstract gave a lot of information, and it's it, it's mediating medical malpractice lawsuits against hospitals. New York City pilot project. This was a project, and you know I I would like to have more projects. It's because then it let no. You know, if all of the what we're hearing about mediation and in what we're seeing about medi- mediation is is act is actually um, true, and from what I'm seeing in my own practice and what I see in others and what I'm you know reading and and researching that that it is true. So it's it it still remains to the fact that you know individuals do want to have a different way in resolving their issues. Now, look, here's the whole thing, you guys. As I've stated before, courtrooms will continue to settle differences pertaining to the plaintiffs and the defendants in regarding their disputes. That is a given. It's a given. What I am saying throughout today's program is that I want to inform and educate you guys on the fact that professional mediation is being used to settle difficult cases such as medical malpractice. And I think that is fabulous, particular for all of us who are in the profession of mediation. As we know, There are three main things related to resolution for these cases, being professionally mediated versus litigation, okay? And that is time, cost, and make it certain that all your your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. With your discovery, your materials, your data, good recollection of, um, um, good recollection of, um, of of how of all of the occurrences that led you to having um, this um, uh, you know malpractice lawsuit um, you know that that you are now bringing. Okay, you got to make sure that everything you know is up to date. You know, so make sure that you have everything up to date when you are going 
after your medical professional because the insurance companies are going to be tough. And we know this. And in addition to the fact that professional mediation is constantly becoming a great tool, let's say for resolving these issues in a more timely and cost effective manner, I think it's fabulous that it is now, you know, spilling over into other areas where they were thinking that mediation would not be an essential tool. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we need to take a break, but come back with me to talk more about medical malpractice mediation. Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard, give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keyes at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for returning uh, with me. I hope that um, during this um, this talk that, um, that I'm having with you all out there, I hope that uh, you are learning something, um, um, and I hope that you are able to take the information that I'm giving to you and, and apply it um, to however it needs to be applied, particularly if you are um, right now involved in a medical malpractice uh, suit, and um, which is which is very very important, particularly um, with um, all of the um, accusations made, um, you know, about the VA hospitals and things like that. Um, I think that this program could uh, assist all of those who are. Uh, you know, saying, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, going into a, a lawsuit that they think about mediation um, uh, for for coming to their resolution. OK, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Now, there's a gentleman by the name of Richard Bone, and he wrote an article for Mediate.com. And it was and it's titled Avoiding the Uncertainty to a Medical Malpractice Trial. OK, now he says that. Alternative dispute resolution provides viable and attractive alternatives to jury trials as a means of resolving medical legal disputes arising out of allegations of professional negligence. The two primary alternatives to a jury trial for medical malpractice cases are mediation and binding arbitration. When your client goes into court, For the resolution of alleged professional negligence, they are putting their fate into the hands of six people who who usually have no medical background. 
He says if they do, they are often removed by a pre, by a per imperatory challenge that leaves the parties with a jury made of individuals who have no medical knowledge other than their own personal experiences and would rather be doing something else. In some locations, as many as half of those summoned for jury refuse to show up. Studies have shown that those who do appear are often angry. There's that angry at the inconvenience and the amount of time involved, especially in a medical malpractice case. Their anger is often manifested in the verdict, producing widely variable and unpredictable results. Many jurors are simply not capable of fully understanding the medical issues involved in these cases, guys. This is what Mr. Bone is saying here. As a result, he says, cases are decided on peripheral issues that have nothing to do with the facts, the medicine, or the law. Okay. Now, what do you guys think about that? Just what do you think about that? Now, he's saying that you take this to trial. Not only do you have to be concerned about all the things I stated before, in addition to making sure that your representative is going to do the absolute best and that they themselves have done their due diligence on your behalf. Now you got to be concerned about the, about the doggone jury. That is that, that, that's supposed to be, you know, your peers. That is supposed to be awake. <laughs> that is supposed to be, you know, um, um, at least a, a somewhat happy. Um, and, and, and they should also know that, you know, their decision that they, you know, will be making for the court impedes greatly on the individual's life that they are being the, you know, the deciding factor on. You, you know, he says that, you know, that these jurors come in angry. And, you know, I've talked about anger, which what, what does anger do for us? Absolutely nothing. And they, but, but nevertheless, they, take this anger that they have because they would rather be doing something else, as he stated. And I'm sure that a lot of you attorneys out there and other mediators and, um, uh, you know, professional, non-professional mediators cannot attest in a court of law, but for the uh, pro- uh, professionals who are um, able to, such as the lawyers who can uh, get up and, and, and um, uh, uh, they're, you know, do know that, some jurors, it's not to say all of them, that some, that some jurors do, you know, lack on, on their responsibility for being, you know, a juror. Because of what Mr. Bone just said and what I'm agreeing with what he just said. They simply don't want to be there, so they're going to take it out. Unfortunately, <laughs> they're going to take it out on the individuals that they're ruling over. Okay, and 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 it is for that fact that I can see where the profession of mediation would be 
excellent in in um you know in in these malpractice cases because you don't have a jury deciding you know your fate you and the other party is I wouldn't say that is deciding a fate in the mediation process because mediation as I've said before I I consider it the softer side of Sears um because you and all the disputants in there in the mediation process get the opportunity outcome you come with the settlement of you know let's say that it settles um you you get a, the opportunity to say how you want your your monies let's say monetary value okay let's say you know you get a chance to say um um how you want it settled you get a chance to say um how you how you want your money to be given to you do you want it to be express mailed to you do you want it to be deposited to you do you want a check written out right there to you or with within uh 2 or 3 days however it is you know you you have so much more control in the in the mediation process which definitely takes away all of the angst that you know and and um the 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 worry and the anxiety of what is going to happen for your outcome okay now ladies and gentlemen i am running out of time as i have always said that i love 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 talking to you and um informing you and educating you on the great benefits that are contained within the mediation process and should any of you out there need a professional mediator to resolve your differences please give me a call on 4802837270 and i hope that you all enjoyed this program i hope that uh my message came across to you clear and concise um and i hope that um um any of you out there that are are, are thinking of doing a uh, malpractice i hope that you've learned something and i hope that the individuals who are all all of us professionals who are doing uh, uh malpractice i hope that i was able to give you some ideas and or awaken your thoughts for when you're you are mediating your your clients um in my closing as i usually say um i wish the best for you and i want you in the wake of all of the barometer of our world i want you to treat yourself well and i want you to treat others the same thank you very much for listening This is Teresa E. Keeves. Enjoy your day.